Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Hi, I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears, but in a fun way. So, guess what month it is? <laughs> I have no idea. I can give hints. <laughs> Tell us. Tell us what month it is. It is the month of lights and rewatching movies that you've seen. Maybe 30 mm-hmm. times throughout mm-hmm. the years and mm-hmm. pretending you enjoy being with um, certain family members. <laughs> All very relatable. Uh, it's December. Woo! Mm. <laughs> it's almost overwhelming how much you love December. <laughs> it's too much. Love December. So I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. December has historically been my favorite month because I just love the holiday season so much. Mm. I get really into decorating. Do you go for a real tree? Do I go for a real tree? Yes, I go for a real tree. I need the smells. Yes. I need the smells. I need I need all the inconvenience. Mm-hmm. I need the pine needles that are there seven months later. I need the sap. <laughs> I need the deforestation. Yeah, that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> <laughs> My Christmas tree sat on the curb last year. For a long time, and I just acted like it wasn't mine. <laughs> My whole building must have known it was mine. Like, everyone could see it. Mm-hmm. It was, like, nearing spring, and your tree's out there next to an old stained mattress. <laughs> it's not my tree. <laughs> it's not my tree. Wait, so do you? Do you go for a real tree, fake tree? Actually, in the last few years, I haven't gone for a real tree since I moved into this new place. I think because I don't know if I see, like, a clear place to put one. I make it happen. There's no clear place. Yeah. And I like putting it by the window. Yeah, me too. We have a tiny little tree on a table right now that my roommate brought in. Is like a real tree? 
No, it's a tiny fake tree. Tiny little fake tree? Yeah, that she pre-lit herself. And it looks really cute, actually, on its table. It is covered in our ornaments. Like, every inch of it is covered by ornaments because we... I want to see that. ...combined forces, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. I think it looks really good. (laughs) Yeah. I like a little sad little Charlie Brown tree. Mm -hmm. I kind of want a sad little Charlie Brown tree. Like a little droopy underdog. Yeah, just some twigs with a few needles scattered about. Yeah. I like those. I feel like people have been going for those more in recent years. I feel like it's become a little bit trendy to go. Yeah, minimalist Christmas has direction. gone too far, though. I did minimalist Christmas a few years ago, and now I'm going for maximalist Christmas. I love it. I want red and green. I want plaid. Mm-hmm. I want stuff from the 70s. I love those big colored lights, you know, like the frosted, yes. bigger bulb colored lights. Yes, I love Ugh. the vintage lights. Yes. You know, it's a funny uh, search on TikTok. Just look up sad beige Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you'll see everything that's been popularized over the last like few years. I feel like we're coming out of the millennial beige, millennial gray I'm over era. beige Christmas. Yeah. Personally. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this season and I want to do something creepy Christmas with you because I have very mm. little creepy Christmas experience. Like I've seen... Um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, and I've seen Gremlins, mm-hmm. and basically end of list. Okay. I have to rack my brain, because honestly, I mean, I can think of Black Christmas, which is like the original modern day slasher. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Okay. We can watch that, and then we could also watch a movie starring Ben from Parks and Rec, Adam Scott. Scott. Uh, love him. And Tony Collette. It's got a great cast. It's stacked. What, what movie <laughs> is called- this? Krampus. Oh, yeah. Krampus. Yeah, yeah. That's the other movie I was going to say. I had no idea that uh, Adam Scott was in that. Mm -hmm. Or Tony Collette. It's kind of funny. You know, it's like kitschy and everything goes bonkers. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. And on that note, we're going to creep our way into some creepy Christmas slash creepy winter stories over the next two episodes because one episode is not enough. Yeah. Tis not. (laughs) Tis, tis not. And I am going to slowly turn into a Dickensian character. I hope so. Because <laughs> you know what maybe my favorite Christmas movie is? A Muppet Muppets Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is a masterpiece, and Charles Dickens would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. I mean, oh my God, Michael Caine is Scrooge. In his little sleeping cap and nightgown. There's musical numbers. And you know what? It's a little spooky. <laughs> it's pretty spooky. It's pretty spooky. <laughs> it's a ghost story. It, yeah. it is a ghost story at its heart. Mm-hmm. A Christmas Carol is a ghost story, and I love that about that. It is actually the original Creepy Christmas. Uh, yeah. It's one of the uh, pioneers. It's one of the founding fathers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our first story. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. I'm reading this one. Last year, I took a weekend retail job for a trendy clothing store to earn some supplemental income for the holidays. It wasn't bad for a part-time job. I liked the other girls I was normally scheduled with, and I wasn't planning on being there for long. The store was located in a pretty busy area, and there was no designated lot for us to park in, so we were given permits for street parking. All of our cars would get hit with flyers for random businesses and organizations on a daily basis. But one evening, after wrapping my shift, I found a handwritten note placed under my windshield wiper. Hello, terrific Saturday, it said. 
I didn't know if this person was telling me to have a terrific Saturday or remarking on what a great Saturday it was, but it made me chuckle. A little weird, but harmless. I tossed it, got in my car, and drove home, forgetting about it pretty quickly. Until the very next day, when, after wrapping my shift, I found another note on my car. Have a great week. This one made me more nervous. Was this the same person? Did they know I only worked there on weekends? How would they know my work schedule? Unless it was one of my coworkers. This time I saved the note. I considered texting the other two girls I normally worked with, but I was pretty doubtful that they had anything to do with this. It nagged at me on the drive home and a bit here and there over the next five days. But it was a pretty hectic time at work with my full-time job, so I couldn't really give it much thought. The following Saturday, I began to feel a little anxious on the drive to work. And once I got there, I found a quiet moment to tell one of my coworkers about the notes. And I remember that she looked concerned, which did not make me feel any better. She assured me it was probably nothing, but that I should let our manager know if it happened again. And it did. This time it said, hello, Christmas. I had no idea what this meant. Were they calling me Christmas? Maybe they were referencing the decorations around the store? Or just excited for the upcoming holiday? I was glad that this one didn't feel as personal as the last note, but I was still getting paranoid and convinced myself that whoever was leaving these notes had likely been watching me this whole time. But I couldn't remember noticing anyone suspicious. I started asking my coworker to walk me to my car and big surprise, there were more notes. Things took a turn one day after my shift when I got a much longer note. It began with the words, dear girl, and read like a rambling manifesto on Christmas, the holidays, and even threw in some religious references. I won't get into the details because most of it was nonsense, but I saved the note, let my manager know about the situation, and started changing up where I parked my car. And then, the note stopped. For nearly two weekends in a row, I got nothing. I did get one or two pretty disturbing flyers from a widely known morally corrupt organization, you can draw your own conclusions there, attempting to enlist new members. This shook me a little more than it normally would. It was definitely disturbing on its own, but I wondered if it could all be related. I knew that was a stretch though, and that was not the end of it. After my shift one day, my coworker drove me to my car. We had started doing this regularly now that I was parking further away from the store. I got out of her car, thanked her, and walked up to mine. No sign of a note. I unlocked it, opened the door, and a small scrap of paper fluttered out. I felt myself start to panic. My coworker was still waiting for me to get into my car and watched as I knelt down, picked up the piece of paper and held it up for her to see. It simply had the number three written on it. Pretty cryptic. But what scared me more was that they were able to get it into my car in the first place. I guess they could have slipped it through the tiny crack in the door, but this really freaked me out. I really wanted to finish out the next few shifts I had before going home for the holidays. I needed the extra cash. 
but I changed my mind after what happened next. The following week, I got another note, and this one had a two written on it. I finally realized what the three meant. They were counting down. Oof. The countdown. Mm, I hate it. I kind of love it. Well, yeah, when I say I hate it, I mean I love it. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like in the context of the story, it's like a like a murdery advent calendar, you know? Mm, oh, I like that. Yeah. Little chocolates wrapped up in those notes. Just giving you a little, giving you a little jolly perspective. <laughs> it's so creepy, though. It's so creepy. Yes. And really relatable. Really relatable, actually, sadly. Yeah. I know a couple people who've been through something similar to this. I wouldn't say something similar to this, but something adjacent to this happened to me before. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this thinking, like, where was this? Because one time I was at one of the malls in L.A. with two people, and we were seeing a movie. And when we came out, all of the cars in the parking garage were plastered with flyers Ooh. like all of the cars and the level of the parking garage we were on had flyers on them whoa and they were to be honest it was like a really hateful you know oh shit neo-nazi like anti-semitic flyer it was i pulled it off of the dashboard and we were like what is this thinking it was like, gonna be for a business and uh -huh. we were like what the hell and then we were like how did they put them on all of these cars and no one saw them or like stopped them. Yeah. It was really unsettling. It was really unsettling. So unsettling. In like a major mall. Yeah. Major mall. D they must have cameras that yeah. could have filmed that if anyone wanted to report it. Because that's extreme. Is that vandalism at that point? I, I actually don't know. Yeah. They didn't damage the cars. I don't know what you could get in trouble for, technically. Mm-hmm. I guess there's nothing funny about that. No. <laughs> but if there were something funny about that, it would be the fact that I don't know where that flyer is now. I know we took it back to my apartment and oh. now I can't find it. And I live in fear that I'm going to have a house guest like going through <laughs> something and like they're going to find it and think that it's like something I proselytize. Like it's something that like I believe in. And mm -hmm. so every once in a while, I'll just get like, <gasps> where's that flyer? Yeah. Where's that flyer? And I don't know. I hope it found its way into the trash, but I just really don't know where it is. That flyer is probably wherever those creepy dolls you're hiding are. <laughs> I really hope not, because then those little dolls brought it in there with them. Mm. That You don't want to combine those two. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend had something very similar happen to her, and I'm curious where it happened to you. Um, well, mine happened at a great Rick Caruso property known as The Grove. <laughs> <laughs> And if you don't know who Rick Caruso is, then you must not live in L.A. Mm. Um, wait, do I know Caruso? Rick Caruso? He ran for mayor. Oh, that guy. That, that Rick guy. Caruso. That guy. <laughs> I did not put that together. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. He's not Frank Gehry. Like, why? Well, <laughs> who he is? <laughs> Some people probably don't even know who Frank Gehry is, though. Wow, we're getting really, like, highfalutin here with, like, our... Uh, with our architects and our, you know, real estate mm. magnets. It cracks me up. But when you go to 
like his malls. He has multiple malls around LA. There are these signs to like have a membership to like Rick Caruso, the Rick Caruso fan club. It's like the VIP Caruso membership. It just seems like having a membership to a man. It, it seems crazy, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of sounds like some Freemason shit. I don't know. <laughs> just some elitist. I don't know what it is. Do you get to sit in the lounge at um the Westfield in Century City? <laughs> yeah, like a mediocre parking spot at any one of our cheesecake factories. <laughs> oh, here it is. An elite affinity program. Mm, of course. Caruso Signature, a premier membership to the world of Caruso. Oh, my God. This man thinks he's Walt Disney. Yeah. Now, I want to hear about your friend's story because... I'm curious if she also experienced this at The Grove. Okay. Redacted. Well, I'll tell you, Redacted, it was the promenade. Is that a Rick Caruso joint? (laughs) (laughs) A Rick Caruso joint. (laughs) Anyway, my friend was shopping at the promenade, came back to her car after a couple hours, and there was a flyer on the front seat of her car. Mm -hmm. And there was no signs of a break-in. She opens it, and it's a neo-Nazi flyer. God. Pretty wild that it's so universal. Like, we all have stories like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Super off-putting, really unsettling, and, like, gross. It is, and you feel targeted. You do, you do. Even when it happens to everyone, you know? Like, it could happen to everyone you feel, on the same I think block. It's your, you feel invaded, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think, at the same time, the person in the story receiving, like, personalized notes... That mm-hmm. is a different kind of creepy to me. That's like a, I'm being watched. Yeah. Ugh. I would quit my job. I'd quit my job. I know. And that's the thing is like, I've heard a lot of stories about people, you know, experiencing stalkers at work. I'm like, quit, just leave. But it's like, you know, in real life, not that easy when you need the money and you don't have yeah. something else lined up. But uh, the manifesto, that would freak me out, especially that it started out with dear girl. Oh. No, thank you. (laughs) I don't like that. Dear girl. No. This kind of reminds me of the backwards man story because it's like you never find out who it was and then they just have to go on and live their lives with this in the back of their mind at all times, you know? Oh, like you'll never that you could encounter the person who left those notes and you'd never know. Without knowing. Yes. Definitely. The creepiest element of that is like you can see me, but I can't see you. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. Ugh. like the power imbalance. Right. Right. So you might want to um, think twice before going to a mall this holiday season. Just mm-hmm. DIY all your gifts. Yeah. Well, malls are dying anyway, so <laughs> pretty soon no one will be able to go to them. <laughs> you hear that, Rick? Take that. Oh, would you look at that? It's ad time. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? 
In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Let's tune in to another story. I work in a very old, remote area of the Sierra Nevadas, a place that has a lot of history. During the winter, I operate heavy snow grooming equipment called snowcats. I work in very remote places, far away from where anyone should be. One night, I came around a bend on a ridge. I had to open up a trail, and I was pushing the machine hard to get there. It was very dark and late, and it was snowing very hard. I came around the corner, and to my surprise, there was a person standing in the snow, right in front of me. She was looking away from me. She had long black hair that was wet from the snow, and she was only wearing a dirty nightgown. Like this thing had sweat stains and dirt stains. It had been worn. I have wilderness first responder search and rescue training. I'm also a volunteer firefighter, so I have medical training. When I saw how little she was wearing, considering the weather, my mind went straight to hypothermia. Cause when it sets in, the last thing your body does is try to make you feel really hot. So you start stripping layers. I turned down the engine on the snowcat and I stood on the tracks of it and just yelled, are you okay? Or something like that. I yelled over and over until I finally grabbed my jacket and jumped into the fresh snow. I stand at about 6'4", and when I jumped forward into the fresh powder, I sunk in up to my chest. That's when I realized something. She was standing perfectly on top of the snow, whereas I was three plus feet deep in it, and I didn't see foot tracks anywhere nearby in the snow. I'm calling out and still getting no response. Finally, I get about an arm's length from her, and I reach out with my bare hand to touch her ankle. And when I do, it's frozen solid. So I think, holy shit, I just found a body. I'm freaked out. 
I quickly make my way back to the snowcat, get in the cab, and use the onboard radio to get emergency services on the horn. And I'm looking at this woman through the windshield the whole time. I'm staring at her while I'm talking on the radio. And that's when the snowcat just dies. No lights, no engine, no radio. And it is pitch black. Trust me, that's the last thing that you want to have happen when you're that far out there. I didn't panic, but something didn't feel right about this. I tried to cycle the key and the ignition, and I got nothing. I didn't feel any sense of safety in getting out and trying to figure out what went wrong. My gut was telling me to stay in the cat, because something is not right. After 10 to 15 tries, the cat finally fires back up. The lights come back on. When I look up, the woman is gone. And all around the snow cat, there are hundreds of footprints in the snow. The defroster kicked back on at that very moment. And that's when I saw a single handprint on the window at my eye level. I was so freaked out. Suddenly, the radio started going off because I had stopped responding. I didn't know what to say, so I told them it was a false alarm. It was a deer or an animal, and they hadn't gotten my full transmission before the power was cut. Then I hightailed it out of there. A good long while later, I was at the bar, and I was talking to a couple of other guys who had my job and groomed that exact area. I was telling them about this night. They just looked at each other, and then looked back at me, and said, You've seen her too? There's a local legend about a girl who was kidnapped by an outlaw 120 years ago, and was assaulted and murdered. The outlaw's cabin was once out in that same area. The few people who go back there have all had similar experiences. It's eerie, to say the least. This was submitted to Tenderfoot by a listener, um, Ethan. Hi, Ethan. Hello, Ethan. And glad you're okay we're glad you're okay <laughs> that one creeped me out that one really creeped me out yes i feel like there are so many different fears that this story plays on mm-hmm. in terms of like you know the possible sighting of a spirit or a ghost and then at the same time you're out in the middle of nowhere and completely vulnerable to the elements that's the real fear for me yeah the scariest part about this story is like the snow cat not starting Oh, yeah. And the radio going dead. That's the stuff that gets me. I mean, there's something inherently very scary to me, especially as someone who hasn't experienced a lot of snow and very cold climates. Yeah. There's something inherently scary about like the isolation that a snowstorm brings really creeps me out. It's Mm. just so it's so foreign to me and it feels like so precarious, Mm -hmm. like death is around the corner. Freaks me out. To me, it feels a little bit claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've heard of like a whiteout. 
you know, when it just snows so hard that it's like you can't even see your hand in front of your face or, you know, something like that. I'm sorry. Did you say snows so hard you can't see your hand in front of your face? I mean, maybe that was. No, you're the snow expert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm from Long Island. I'm a snow expert. That's like the Arctic to me. (laughs) Well, I think with a whiteout, it's kind of like fog. You know, it's like really dense fog with a whiteout. You can't see anything. Um, I think this has happened to my dad. He got caught in a blizzard once and he was literally going like five miles an hour on the freeway. Ah, yes. The equivalent of that to me is like torrential rain Mm -hmm. in the South. I have been driving on the interstate where it rains so hard that I can't see an 18 wheeler in front of me. That is terrifying. Yeah, it's it is terrifying. How do you keep going? I would just stop and get hit by someone. I pick that over (laughs) snow. No, but the thing is that you really shouldn't pull off is what they say. But I put my hazards on. That's what I do. Yeah, I don't know. But I try to find the biggest truck I can find and just I tail that. That's smart. <laughs> and this story, the fact that, you know, once the snowcat dies, he's in complete darkness. Yes. I was thinking about that, too. He's in complete darkness. And he already said that that was not a place where, um, you know, many people went. Right. How eerie, then, is it to see a woman who is just completely out of place? And his standing, this is what I wrote down. I literally wrote this down. Um, standing above the snow like Legolas. Why, why did, standing above the snow like Legolas? Wait, hold I on. Was hoping, is I was this, hoping you would. <laughs> wait, let me think about what this could be about. Well, just think I'm about Lord to, of the Rings. What's the scene? <laughs> Does he stand on like, I remember him on an elephant. Okay, it's in the first one, and it's when they're climbing that snowy mountain, and everyone oh, else right. is trudging through the snow, and he's just tippy-toeing on top of it. Right, right. Yeah, because he's a dainty elf. <laughs> he's a dainty elf man. Mm-hmm. Good pull. I forgot about that. <laughs> also, when he goes into how how much like survival uh, preparedness he knows, I was like, okay, wow. Right? Like It made me think of like all those really dangerous jobs, like yeah. ice road truckers or... <laughs> yeah. Deadliest catch. Deadliest catch, yeah. You know, they must have some training. They they should know the basics of survival. Right. I mean, if you're going out into the boondocks in uh, inclement weather yeah. with heavy machinery. Yeah. Meanwhile, the closest experience I have to this is... <laughs> Please tell me. Driving my grandpa's old Buick with my mom up the tiniest hill anyone's ever seen mm-hmm. in the lightest snowfall of all. And... <laughs> And slowly sliding down. Oh it. no! Backwards. Yep. Actually, that is terrifying. It was scary. Like my mom and I were like, "Oh no!" Ah. But when I actually looked how much we slid down, it was like ten feet. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, ten feet feels like a hundred feet, probably in a tiny Buick sliding backwards down a hill where you feel like you have no control. Yeah. You know. I did think that was it. I did think I was gonna. <laughs> The Buick was the last thing I was going to see. <laughs> oh, no. We made it. We didn't yeah. have snow tires. We weren't We weren't prepared. Yeah. We weren't prepared. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you, because I know you probably didn't experience much snowfall uh, in New Orleans. Actually, I've experienced snow in New Orleans before, but it was laughable. It did snow one time on Christmas Day Aww, in New Orleans. Magical. And I went outside so excited, and I built a snowman about yay big. And for the record, I'm showing about <laughs> three inches, but it was it was fun. It was fun that it even snowed on Christmas because like that was a trope I'd heard of in movies. I'd never experienced that. Oh, I that makes me 
a little sad for you. I know. It makes me sad for me, too. It's like really cute and also pathetic. I really wanted that, you know, white Christmas that everyone had been screaming about on the radio. Yeah. We we got a few of those. Oh, yeah. And the icy tundra of Long Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was, you know, we got a fair bit. It wasn't like upstate New York where it gets just frozen over. But there is no greater joy than being a child who has a snow day off of school, who goes to bed thinking it's supposed to snow, kind of praying for it. And then you wake up the next morning and look out the window and it's all white and there's Uh, no school. I'm feeling relief just hearing this. You're just clamoring to get out there. I want all my plans to be canceled by a force majeure. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Where you don't have to go anywhere. Yes. You can just stay cozy inside your house and the power doesn't go out and you're warm. The power doesn't go out? You know, like Texas. Remember what happened with Texas? I remember what happened with Texas. My brother was there (gasps) visiting. (laughs) Oh, man. Was he okay? Did he have power? Was he? Yeah. No, he said it was terrifying. He said that he was in. So he and his wife like stayed in Airbnb. They said like all the power went out. Uh They had like no food. I'm laughing, but it it probably wasn't funny. They were really scared. They slept with like a knife under their pillow because it was like (laughs) they didn't. They said it was like so dark. Yeah. And there was all these weird noises outside and like. And just like really bad weather and they're freaked out and they had like a couple apples. <laughs> that was like their food. <laughs> they were just rationing three apples over like. <laughs> they had like apples and like a ham sandwich. <laughs> oh, no. They they figured it out. Mm-hmm. And then they moved there. What? They were like, you know what? Good experience. What a twist. <laughs> I had a story about um, nearly falling into a frozen lake. Do you think that could go here? Yeah. yeah. I think that could go here. <laughs> I think that could go here. Let's hear it. Okay. So when I was younger, we visited my dad's friend in upstate New York, Mm -hmm. and his house was on a lake. I was able to bring a friend with me when we went and visited, and she and I were like, oh, we're going out on that lake. You know, we're going to fuck around on that lake. No. (laughs) April, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Are you? To go out on a frozen lake? (laughs) Did you expect more from me? (laughs) You'll be sorely disappointed to hear what happens. (laughs) Okay, continue. So I took his manual ice fishing drill, uh, the thing that you use to make a hole in the ice. I'm having a hard time envisioning you handling this equipment, but okay. It's not large. It's it's not large. 15-year-old me could do it. So my friend and I, her name is Monique, we walk out into the middle of the lake. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, this is where I can probably best make a hole with this drill. What's the intention? Are you going to fish? Are you just going to have said you did it? No, we just wanted to see if we could make a hole. Okay, gotcha. Just one of those. Yeah. I just, just wanted that to situation. see if I could do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we, t- we each take turns. It's a struggle. And then finally, I break through. The drill falls right through the ice into the hole. And then the ice starts cracking around it. Oh, God. I freak out. I'm like, I need to get the drill. My friend's like, leave it. And then turns around, hightails it out of there while I'm still trying to figure out if I should go for the drill. But it is cracking around. And I'm like, it must be stopping. It's not going to like fully crack and just like start breaking off. But like she's so far gone at this point. And I'm like, I don't want to be left behind. So I turn around, start running. And I near the edge of the lake. And then my foot goes through. (laughs) No. And for a second, I think that's it. I'm going in. But like I said, I'm pretty close to the edge of the lake at this point. So it's shallow. So it stops around my calf. 
Monique has already made it to the house and my dad has come out running (laughs) and it was fine. But it was scary for 15-year-old me. Yeah. Yeah, that is scary. I feel like that was such a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, it was. I'm glad your leg's okay. Me too. It was my right leg. (laughs) Just for the visual? Yeah, just so you know next time you see me. Now, a word from our sponsors. So, Meredith is still looking up what it takes to become a member of Rick Caruso. I just want to see how, I just want to see how much it is. Caruso's signature. <laughs> Early access and exclusive rewards await you. Merry Christmas. To what? I don't know what it is. Do you get like a free concierge health service? You get one day valet, par- <laughs> one day valet parking, two movie tickets. Um, you know what? If anyone's looking for a gift for their loved one, please consider the Caruso Signature membership, mm. um, which includes exclusive rewards, personalized offers, members only parking, and premium concierge services. And you don't have to go to the mall to buy it. But you do have to go <laughs> to use, to use it. it. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, Rick. I think you sign up for it and then you get some kind of cryptic package. I think you get Caruso coins. Shroot bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it really feels like, oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Wait, they're actually called Caruso coins. Start earning Caruso coins. No, no, wait. <laughs> no. I scrolled that's down real? and that's real. <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone uses their Caruso coins and they're mad at us for laughing at them. (laughs) I doubt anyone who has Caruso coins listens to this podcast. (laughs) Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.
Hörer.